What's going on, friends and family? Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Every Day is a Saturday. I'm your host, Brian Roof. Hey, guys, I got a very good episode today. I'm super excited about this one. Uh, I've been hunting this guy down. Finally got him. And uh, I actually, uh, I'm not going to lie, he was on a Wacky Wednesday. So I guess he's he's been on the show before. But uh, now we're going to get to hear more about his story and all the things that he's done. Um he is a United States Navy veteran. He spent 17 years in before getting medically retired. And now he is out there making a name in the music industry. And let me tell you what, I'm a big fan of his. And uh, like I said, can't wait to have him on and tell him us about all about himself. Here we go with some Shannon Book. What's up, man? I don't know that What's I up, can buddy? compete with that intro, bro. <laughs> well was, man it's all you man you, you know a, you're the one that made intro. that intro it's all about you brother so uh i'm i'm glad you're on man and uh i'm glad you're here uh great human being i've seen you on other podcasts you've been on wacky wednesdays with us <laughs> that was Love, a blast uh, man that was a yeah good time. Man, that was a good time and uh but yeah man let's go ahead and get to know more about shannon why you chose the navy you know Guess, give us the whole storyline, bro. Well, I, I, I actually chose the Marine Corps, and a gunnery sergeant chose the Navy for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's an interesting story. So I, uh, in high school, you know, I, you know, I grew up, I was doing sports, and I, you know, whatever, the usual small-town Kentucky bumpkin kind of thing, you know, playing football and trying not to get, you know, Try not to get put down too much, trying to fit in and all the happy things and that you do as a teenager in a small town. And, you know, um, I decided that I was going to – my grandfather told me to join the Navy because he was a sailor. My aunt was a sailor. And then, you know, um, I thought about it and I was like, oh, I want to be a Marine. I want to be a Marine because Marines are badass. So I went to the Marine Corps recruiting office and – you know, I did the the PFT screener. I did the you know the ISVAB screener, and and then it came time for you know monitor moment with Gunny, and you know, and I'm sitting in you know that his his desk is in the back office, of course, because he's the dude, <clears throat> and so Gunny takes a drink of his last cup of coffee. Sets his cup down on the desk, throws in a fat lipper in a tin, you know, and he starts spitting in his coffee cup. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> right, yeah, cool, cool. Like this is <laughs> this is definitely where I want to be, man. And uh, it, so so he's like, so what do you want to be when you grow up, young man? And I'm like, I want to be a doctor. <laughs> and he was like. What? <laughs> he's like, he's like, probably uh, never heard that one before. He's like, uh, you don't want to be a sniper. You don't be a cop. You don't want to be a, I don't know, a parachute jumper. You know, want to do something cool. You don't want to, you know, be a killer. I'm like, no, I want to be a doctor. <laughs> he was like, well, he sat there and sp he sat there and thought about it for a few minutes, spit in his coffee cup a couple more times, and he was like, "All right, come with me." So he gets up off his desk and he comes he comes back around and walks me out the front door, walks me across the hall, 
and opens the door to the Navy recruiting office. And this boiler tech second class was in there. And he goes, hey, Boats. <laughs> he calls him Boatsman, mate. Like, he's a boiler tech, but he calls him Boats anyway. He didn't give a shit. You know, he's just a gunny. He didn't give a shit. <clears throat> so like he's a like, little salty gunny, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just, yeah, yeah. Some old salty gunny from my hometown that decided he wanted <laughs> to come back there and recruit. And so he's like, hey, Boats. This young man right here wants to be a fleet marine force corpsman. Make it happen. And of course, the bosun mate wanting numbers is just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I got you, son. Right? Yeah. So that was it. That was it, man. Like, I, that's why I picked the navy because the because the marine corps picked it for me. <laughs> that's crazy. That is yeah. crazy. So like, oh, let me walk you over here, son. You want to be a yeah. doctor? <laughs> He's like, you want to be a doctor? You can be a doctor for us. Yeah, you, I got you. He says, make this, make this man. Well, he kind of gave you the best of both worlds, though. Little yeah. did you know, right? You know what I, I mean? No at that point in time, you had no idea, right? No clue. And it, just before that, probably two years prior to that, I had cut my toes off with a lawnmower. <clears throat> Accidentally, obviously, not intentionally. I mean, some people are weird. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I am, but not that weird. Um, but I cut my toes off with a lawnmower, and I... I got to experience this really cool, and I can't even remember his name, this really cool little German surgeon. Just the coolest dude on the planet. And I and and so he, you know, he took he took care of my uh that startled the shit out of me. He took care of my surgery for my, you know, injury. And the next thing you know, um you know, I'm I'm in curious. I'm curious about. I'm curious about surgery, so now I want to be a doctor, and that's what changed and scoped that whole moment in my time. Um, and then, you know, here I am today. You know, 17 year Navy corpsman. Blah 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 blah. Blah blah blah. Well, <laughs> give us some, give us some more of the blah, man. I want <laughs> you want some more blah? You know, I mean, you know, well, so I'll you tell were, you, so you were definitely hanging out with some Marines. I, you know, I spent some, my, I spent most of my career with the Marines. So you, you got stories. You definitely no, have got, some good got stories. And uh, stories. that's what we're here for, man. We're here for the stories, bro. I got, I got my coffee already and everything, bro. Like just, <laughs> shoot, shoot. Um, so, so I, so, so I went to boot camp. In San Diego, I went to RTC San Diego, which is right next door to MCRD San Diego. All the Hollywood Marines, rock Um, so <laughs> speaking to one, um, yeah, buddy. So, so did boot camp right there. It was probably I was a, one of the last companies to graduate from RCT RTC San Diego um, before it was shut down. And during that stint of boot camp, I experienced my first drill hat ever. <laughs> it was, it was, I, I'm pretty sure it was a junior hat and, and a mid hat, but I, it, <laughs> so I was on watch. I was doing freaking cabin watch. Um, and it was like two 30 in the morning. They call it cabin watch. Uh, it's called compartment watch. Compartment watch. Okay. Yeah, because it's the navy and ours is fire watch and yours is compartment. Watch. It was fire watch, it... but yeah, yeah, it's meh, 
potato, potato, <laughs> potato, squash, whatever. Did you guys have moonbeams too? Yes. Yeah, we had moonbeams. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. We had our moonbeams. Um, so um, we we just call them flashlights in the Navy. <laughs> we, we didn't belittle ourselves because we were already sailors. Um, and so, so, but anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing my rowing and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking to myself, why am I watching, you know, 125 people sleeping at night? This is stupid. Like I get it. I'm keeping everybody safe. Yada, yada, yada. This is dumb for two hours. Anyway, long story short, I hear this boom at the door and the door fling flings wide open. And I'm like, uh, and I run to the freaking door and I'm, I'm greeted by this freaking smoky in my face. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, where's your company commander at devil. And I'm like, uh, this recruit, uh, this recruit, what this recruit, what show me your company commander, you son of a bitch. <laughs> And so I just run back to the freaking company commander's office and he follows me and you hear the click. Cause you know, back then, like they didn't, I mean, there was core frames, but they, the, like the Marines like to click in those leather soles, bro. Click, click, clock, click. Oh click, yeah, man. Clock. We like the, the click pops. Oh yeah. So, um, core frames weren't a thing back then. Like they were, but they weren't right. You know? Um, so, so anyway, uh, these Marines, you can hear these Marines click, clock, click, clock, click, clock, just like marching. And they've got this dude who was in our birthing. I didn't realize he was gone. Oh, no. He jumped the fence. Oh, you had a UA dude. Oh, yeah. I know he went AWOL. He was like, I'm out. I'm gone. So he jumped the fence, and guess where he landed? MCRD San Diego. <laughs> yeah, they roughed him up a little uh, bit. Well, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, yeah, because oh, yeah, you know bro, some fucking MPs. Oh yeah, corny for that man. Oh he's yeah, just a absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So so you know, and he's in navy. He's in navy sweats and all this oh, other shit. shit. So that like, it's not like they don't know where he come from. Oh yeah, like he like like he was there for an ass whipping on purpose, like. You know what I mean? Uh, the Marines saw an opportunity, you know? Yes. <laughs> training, training timeout. <laughs> like, I yeah. didn't see his sweats right away. I didn't nope, have no clue. Nope, nope. <laughs> I thought he was a spy. Screw that yep. guy. So, so I, you know, and I'm outside. And so the, the, the two DIs and, and the company commander are just giving it to this cat. And I'm, I'm standing I'm standing at fucking partial parade rest outside the office. And I'm just like, mm, I don't know what to do with my face, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so long story short, the DI walks out and he goes, good night, sailor. And he walks out the freaking compartment. And I was just like, I don't, I don't ever want to see that shit again. <laughs> you know? So, but anyway, long story short, we graduate. That dude got rolled out. He got he got separated. He got administrated so administrated separation, um, and a BCD, I think, or whatever. I don't care. A big matter. chicken yeah. dinner. Yeah, who gives a shit? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but then um, I graduated, and I was greeted by my aunt and uncle, who were uh, both sailors. My uncle was a uh, 
uh, two Charlie Deep Sea Warrant Officer in the Navy. He was a, a CWO2. He was the executive officer of um, uh, the diving unit on freaking 32nd Street. My aunt was uh, um, I want to say she was an SK. She was an SK1 or SK2. Um, is on, that what uh, kind of inspired you to go into the Navy? Is like your family member? or No. I mean, no, the, I mean the military no. in general or I mean, yeah, my grandfather talked to me, talked me into going joining the military. My grandfather, who was a sailor during basically like World War II, um, talked me into, you know, joining the Navy or joining the military. He wanted me to join the Navy. And I was like, no, nah, I want to be a Marine, hmm, whatever. But his guidance definitely pushed me into that direction for sure. Because, I mean, in the small town of nowhere, Kentucky, in London, it was either, you know, I'm going to work at McDonald's or Walmart. I might work for my dad. Right. You know, but then that's, that's all it's going to be. I'm just going to work for my dad. You know, and um, not that that would have been bad, but I wanted to see the world. I wanted to go. Sure. I wanted to get out of my little town. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be where I grew up anymore. I just didn't. Um so, you know, so here I am in San Diego and now I have orders to, to course school in San Diego. And, and, um, so that's what I did. I started doing that. And then I started training, I started training for buds and that didn't, that didn't pan out because I ended up meeting, meeting them, you know, I ended up meeting the lady and getting married and, She's like, you're not going to be a SEAL. And I'm like, well, fine, whatever. I love you, so I'll do what you asked me to do, and which was dumb. <laughs> which was dumb. Um, long story short, um, you know, I spent my first... I spent my first enlistment married to her. And then, of course, I, w- I ended up... So after I after I went through core school and and I worked at Balboa, I worked at Balboa for probably about a year and some change, with New okay. Medical Center, San Diego. Now, um, did you? How did you end up like? Uh, did you? How does it work in the Navy? Were you already a Navy corpsman going into yeah. boot camp and all that? So when you yeah. got out, you went to your school. Okay, okay. Yeah. So so I had I I. It's kind of like you guys. You, you know, you pick up. You either you either. They, well, actually, for you guys, they don't they don't give you any of that stuff unless you pre like, um, what was it pre contracted or whatever. So most of the time, you guys get graduated and they go, oh yeah, oh three, oh three eleven, oh three fifty one, oh three oh three forty one, oh three whatever. Yeah, a lot of guys come in with like uh, <laughs> what they do is they do these open contracts, <clears throat> right? But they're but they're like an umbrella. They're like, well. You could be this, 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 or this. Right. And then you, you can be anything. You can That's be anything in the O three. You can be anything in the O three world, or yeah. you can be in anything in the O four world, or you can be anything in the O six world, or the O five world, or whatever. So I yeah, and that's how I ended up because my umbrella was like um, support, all like right. the support type of thing. That's how I ended up in supply actually. Right. Is um, through that whole open up contract but right so you did you did all you did all like all four shit what was your mos oh for 3051 oh 3051 yeah 3051 warehouse clerk and uh, oh yeah i was the supply bubba i was the 
the grunt warehouse. The grunt, grunt of the warehouse. Yeah. yeah. There's there's the the admin side, and then there was the guys yeah, outside. The, Mim, the Mims clerks are like oh oh forty oh forty ones or whatever Mims and all that shit. And then ours is thirty forty threes. We have you're either a thirty forty three or thirty fifty one in the supply world. Gotcha. And then if you're a forty three, you kind of work on the admin side. You do more of the ordering of the gear gotcha. or the stuff. And then as on the, the thirty fifty one side, you're the one putting that shit in the warehouse or right. when we when right. we go forward and we go to Bloy, we're the ones doing the supply chains and taking all the, right. the shit. All the, the leapfrogging and shit. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is right. And it, you know, and they say the Marine Corps is so dumb and, and so so simple. It's it's very complicated. It's very it, it is a lot more complicated than people will give it. Uh, and, and the reality is is that people look, I'll tell you right now, some of the smartest people I know are grunts. Oh yeah. The mother dude. That's a I true mean, story. Yeah. And when it comes to like street smarts and, and things like that, bro, them dudes are geniuses. And and, and being able to uh, figure out situations, critical thinkers. Yeah. Well, half of them came from gangs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They I wanted to the smoke, bro. They were just, <laughs> yeah. you know, they, right. they, they're like, let's go, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, man, like I can't, I can't be in my old gang back in freaking LA. So, but let's join the Marine Corps. We can do it. USMC, do bro. What's up, motherfucker? Yeah, yeah. We can join <laughs> a new gang, fool. Yeah. USMC, yeah. fool. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah. So, but anyway, that, so that was, you know, so, so I, you know, I had a contract to be, be, be a corpsman and it, and it originally was just a quad zero corpsman, which is just, just a basic corpsman. Um, and then of course, you know, when you go through core school, they, they plot how many people from each class will go to the Marine Corps and how many will go to the Navy fleet. Yeah, so you're either, um, so they either that, that, that's considered green side or blue side, right? I right. Mean, well, so, so, world or? yes and no. So there's, so there's, I, to me personally, as I look at it, and this is just my opinion, okay. and you can you can chew on it, you can tell me to kiss my ass, whatever, it doesn't matter. But <laughs> in my opinion, there's green side, which is pretty much the only side. Um, then there's the blue side, which is the guys who were on the boats, and then there's the hospital staff. And that's, you'll see that a lot because there are people who will literally homestead doing that. Just like we homestead with the Marine Corps. You know, I mean, I literally spent most of my career with the Marines. I So, they, I mean, do they, do they really kind of want you guys to rotate amongst those yes, three different? Absolutely. Like a lot of people they, say... Yeah. Either get too homely, like ah man, yep. I'm loving it here. You know, if you like, want to be around a cultured sailor, you need to, you know, you you need to be a well-rounded cultured sailor. You need to go experience all of them. And this was yeah. my idea. <laughs> yeah. I already have you another cool sea bag. I have another cool sea bag that has alphas in it. I'm cool with that. So <laughs> that was that was my deal. Like I didn't care. Like I, you know. Um. So, but anyway, so my first. When I when I graduated core school, the first time I should say I graduated core school, as I graduated it twice, and that's in the story for sure. But so the first time I graduated core school um, was in ninety five, ninety four, ninety five, ninety four, ninety five, ninety five, beginning in ninety five, and um, 
so when I graduated core school, um, my orders were quad zero to Balboa Naval Medical Center, and I worked in general surgery clinic. I went straight there, and I worked at the I worked at the hospital for a year. Um, I met what I thought was the woman of my dreams, which became the nightmare of my life. Um, it's a story of our lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, she she just needs she just wanted the BAH, um, and uh, you know, at the Pinta, BAH and commissary, you know, right? At the Pinta is what they call them or something. <laughs> yeah, the Pindas. Yeah, I mean, she was a beautiful woman. She was she was. She was stupid smart, street smart as all hell, and yeah, I should have, I should have ran. But I, you know, I didn't know what did I know. You know, I married, <clears throat> I married a, a six year, six year older woman, um, who was as damaged as a football bat, <laughs> and. You know, she she definitely used all of her wiles to get what she wanted out of me. Um, and so, but then, um, you know, at the hospital, uh, I spent <clears throat> I spent that year at the hospital and made some really good friends. One of which is still a good friend of mine, uh, Alonzo Galloway, who's out in who's out in California today. He's still well, he's from California, but he's out there. I just got done seeing him in San Diego. Uh, about a month ago, uh, you know, we've been friends forever. Um, and I left Balboa cause my next orders were field mid field medical service school, which is what they called it at the time. Uh, and Camp Delmar. <clears throat> so it was time for my Marine Corps tour. Um, so I went to Camp Delmar and I did my Marine Corps uh, training with a bunch of buds drops. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, that's where I met my buddy, Frank Cannon and, uh, a couple of guys that I went to boot camp with, um, that became Corman and, uh, Rudy Aguilar and a couple of other guys. Um, great guys. Um, Frank Cannon is still a really good friend of mine. Um, so Frank Cannon and I went to field med and we, we had this group. We called ourselves the four horsemen. There was five of us, but there was the four horsemen plus entropy, which was my name, which is weird. Entropy. entropy. Okay. The well, lack, it's... the lack of empathy. Ah, <clears throat> so, so we were we were we were a pretty dynamic crew and we got in trouble a lot and there was Staff Sergeant White and I don't this is you can call this racist if you want I really don't care Staff Sergeant White was probably one of the best instructors I've ever I ever experienced his name was Staff Sergeant White he was black as that picture back there right here and he sounded just like Barry White. You had that deep voice going. Yeah. Hey, Buck, I'm going to need you to climb that hill, boy. Go up there and get my rock. I staff sergeant. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, uh, and we would do stupid shit. Like, I'd go, I'd climb Cardiac Hill, go get a rock, and I'd bring back a pebble. 
and be like, that ain't my rock, boy. Because I already knew. <laughs> I already knew that I was going up that hill several times. And I was just, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But yeah, finally, by the time I went up the last time, the last time I went up Cardiac Hill, I just yelled. No rock was going to be the right rock anyway, no, yeah. right, bro. <laughs> so I yelled. I yelled from the top of the fucking hill. And I was like, Staff Sergeant White, here's your fucking rock. And I rolled this boulder off the side of freaking Cardiac Hill. And he goes, but get your dumb ass down here. <laughs> Let's just say I made a puddle of mud at his feet for like the next 45 minutes. Yeah, you got smoked. Oh, yeah. You I made smoked. a puddle of mud in the sand on the Mesa right next to Staff Sergeant White. Getting this Because <laughs> I didn't bring his rock back. Oh, and man. I was yeah, being a, were, and I was being and then a you were a smart ass. ass on top of it. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You definitely got uh, smoked. But yeah, Frank Cannon pit- and me and all those guys. That's what we did. That's who we were. Parish and dude, there was so many guys, dude. Like, oh man, what year? What years were you in? Uh, I was in from '94 to 2010. And then I, okay. I had a break in I had a break in service too, so I was I was out for about a year. Okay. So, um, I had a break in service. I was out for about a year and some change. Where were you at around uh, from like around two thousand to two thousand four? Where the what areas were you at? I was That's when I was in. Yeah, two thousand. So two thousand, um, two thousand. I was coming back from dive school to go to no, two thousand. I'm sorry, 2000, I was coming back in. Uh, I came back in. Um, my first enlistment, I spent most of that. Once I once I actually got certified to be with the Fleet Marine Force, I ended up in 29 Palms. And I was there until like 90, the end of 97. And then my first wife was like, you're not re-enlisting. We're going to move out of California, this and that and the other. Okay, cool, fine, whatever. So we did. Long story short, that was over. Anyway, met my met my second wife, um, uh, who I have two children with, um, and um, I was like, I, I I need to job I need to go back into the military. I don't, I never really wanted to get out, and I wanted to go back in as a a DMT, a deep sea navy navy diver, deep sea navy diver med tech, and. My uncle Mike, at the time, he was my uncle, was like, "Yeah, yeah, I got you. We get, we can make this happen. It's not a big deal. We'll just make it all happen." Yada yada yada. Got me orders, all that happy stuff. Got me schooled, all the deal. Helped me get it all squared away. Um, but they wouldn't let me come back in as a corpsman. Um, so I had to be a quartermaster, and I was a quartermaster for all of like twenty-five minutes. Um, I went to quartermaster school in, in Great Lakes, Illinois, and uh, I graduated, and I went to the USS John A. Moore. When I got to the USS John A. Moore, I met our navigator, Aaron Shelton, lieutenant, and he looks at me, and he sees, he sees my FMF ribbon on my chest, because back then, we used to have FMF ribbons and not the actual pin um and so he looks and he goes where'd you get you're a qmsn where'd you get because so i lost i lost a crow and i ended up 
you know, being a seaman again. I know seaman. Just so you know, yeah. you started out as it. Just so you know, you started out as a seaman too. Anyway, <laughs> I've heard you say that a couple times. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, so he looks at my he looks at my shirt and he, he looks at my boss and he sees my ribbon bar and he goes, "Where'd you get that ribbon?" I go, "Well, sir," I said, "I used to be a Navy corpsman." I said, "But they wouldn't let me come back in as a Navy corpsman." He goes, "You're a retread?" I go, "Yes, sir." He goes, well, you need to go down to admin, check in. And he goes, you're going to be here and you're going to work sick call. Because I'm on a frigate. There's 185 people on that thing. There's three corpsmen. Well, there's two and then me. And any strikers. So I stood navigation watch and I did sick call. <laughs> and I did all that happy trash. My second and my second enlistment, uh, we did a care toss, and there in the middle of that care toss, I was like, "Well, I'm gonna." I made third class again, and I mean, it really wasn't hard. I mean, I just had to pass the test, and they were already advancing people because the Creole rate for quartermaster was nil. Anyway. I made third class, and then I made the phone call to CMC of the corpsman rating, the, the the detailer, and she was a Fleet Marine Force corpsman, and she goes, why are you not a corpsman? I said, you need to talk to your people in NAV admin because they didn't let me come back in as a corpsman. They're wasting all this money. She goes, that's stupid. She goes, well, watch this. She goes, just submit your package. You're already a Fleet Marine Force you're already a Fleet Marine Force Corpsman. You can go ahead and put the rating badge on your shoulder. So I spent the rest of that deployment with a Corpsman Caduce on my arm. Still doing navigation and sickle. Damn. So, but yeah, so it was, it was, a it was an interesting situation. Um, there's a, it was a, we, we ended up securing like 11.7 metric tons of cocaine. In the South Pacific. Yeah, it was ridiculous, bro. Damn. Yeah, it was ridiculous. You ran down someone's parade. They're yeah. waiting for a big old package. Damn. <laughs> somebody, somebody was waiting for a party package, and it didn't get yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> they had to reorder. They, they had to cancel that order and reship it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we, 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 we and, and the, the ridiculous things that they used to, like dinghies, bro. Like they would stuff those, they would stuff those freaking huge, massive kilos in like wall bases of freaking like dinghies. Ridiculous, and we'd have to break open freaking boats like it, in in the process of trying not to sink it. You know what I mean? Like ridiculous. And then we had to freaking do all the working party of moving all the cocaine off of those little dinghies onto the freaking frigate. <laughs> thing all pops open <laughs> well let's just say <laughs> they sweat let's just say they sweat they, yeah. they they do and for probably 30 like for like a month we nobody got tested and you can only work in the working party for like 10 minutes at a time and then you had to take an hour break was anybody seeming like they were a little amped up after oh, uh, we were all we were, we're like, all partying. we were all partying <laughs> we were all partying so like, uh, where, hey, I'm ready to move some more. Where are they at? Yeah, like I need some more of that action, whatever that was. 
They're, they're like, gosh, damn, what's going on with all these guys? They're out there fucking wanting to full duty. Deck party on the deck of the USS. Never had so many volunteers for some shit, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all we need now is a bottle of vodka. We're good. <clears throat> bada bing, bada boom. Hell yeah. So, so but anyway, uh, we get back from that Caritas, and it's time for me to go to dive school, and we're decommissioning the USS John A. Moore. I get my ESWAS or my enlisted surface warfare device off of that the day that we decom it. <clears throat> and I was awarded it the day we decommed it. And then we're wrapping everything up. And we sold it to the Turkish Navy. And as we after we sold it to the Turkish Navy, that was the only Navy, that was really the only Navy stint I ever did. Um <clears throat> and so that was that was my only real Navy career move. Um, the rest of my Navy career stuff was all schools and then the Marines. Um, so, um, yeah, so I get we get there and we're taking all the stuff into this administrative office to finish closing out the books and all that stuff. And we're wrapping it up, and I promise you the only thing left in the office was a fax machine. And via fax, the last 20 minutes we were in the office, my fourth order mod for dive school comes through on the fax machine. And it says, HM3 book, Report for duty to Naval Naval Dive School <clears throat> via Core School, Great Lakes, Illinois. Your number got pulled? Yeah, I had to go back to Core School. Oh. I had to go back to Core School, which was ridiculous. <laughs> it was a waste of money. It was like, whatever. <clears throat> Government, whatever. It is what it is. They got their rules, they got their ways, and they got their stupid stuff. So I had to go back to core school in Great Lakes, Illinois. Waste of my time, waste of my efforts. I ended up getting injured up there, roller skate or blade, like uh, ice skating, right before I went to dive school. And then I don't uh, see you as an ice skater. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not anymore, huh? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, so I get, uh, I go to dive school and 9-11 happens. And then I ended up, um, ended up rolling out of school, at dive school. And I end up at 1st Marine Division, 2nd Battalion, 1st Marines. And 2nd, you said 2nd uh, Battalion? 2nd Battalion. Uh, East Coast, right? No, second battalion, first Marines. Oh, first Marines. So we, yeah, you were Pendleton, right. huh? Right. Yep. I was Camp Porno. I was in Horno. Oh yeah, man. <clears throat> yeah. Ruben Garcia. Uh, yeah. Might have been with my boy. So, um, so yeah, I went straight from from dive school to Panama City, or not from Panama City to to Oceanside, California. Uh, took my wife and. Uh, son to be, um, to Oceanside. We bought a little house there in, 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 uh, in Oceanside and, um, settled in. Yeah, man. 
I, I lived right across from the municipal golf course right off of Douglas. Oh, yeah. Nice, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I lived off of Mission for a while. Right on. Apartment. Right on. Yeah. I could have literally threw a rock and hit the golf course from my house. That's badass, dude. Yeah. We used to, I used to go over there on the weekends and be like, yeah, I'm going to go play golf today. Yeah. Well, Oceanside's nothing like it was, man. We, me and the, oh, no. We, we go out there all the time because I love Kalimas. If you yeah. Know, Kalimas. You know oh, Kalimas dude. Is, bro. Shut your mouth. Yeah, mm. you know if yeah, see if, mm. if you were ever at Pendleton and you don't know what Kalimas is, you weren't uh you weren't living. I'm gonna right. tell you right now, I'd swim from Red Beach to freaking Oceanside Beach just for a Kalima. Dude, well so my daughter goes for to carne UC San asada, Diego. bro. That fuck that yeah. three pound oh. carne asada burrito was the dude. Oh bro, yes. That and the green sauce kiss my ass. Yeah, bro. Yeah, my uh, daughter, she's at UCSD, so anytime we go down to see her, my wife already knows it's an automatic stop at Kalima's. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stop at Oceanside for Kalima's. Oh, we yeah. Used to, so we used to, so in, in Horno, so there was a place up north called the Screen Door. It was like, it was like this little Mexican restaurant with a grocery store in it. Like literally, like they like they would sell like diapers and baby stuff and cigarettes and shit. But it was a restaurant, <laughs> so we, we just it was just called the Screen Door, and that's where we get our freaking massive carne asada burritos. And and because he couldn't go to Kalima's on the other side of like you know because we would freaking we would go surf, we go surf on freaking Oceanside Beach. Or we or we would go sw- we'd swim off of uh, Onafre Beach. Onafre, yep, San yeah. Onafre. We'd yep. sit, we'd swim off of or we would surf off off Onafre. So yeah, there was, and then we would come back to work. We'd have to have we'd stop at Screen Door and grab massive burritos, <laughs> and then we'd come back and get like food coma, and do training, at freaking two one so. Um, but so two one. So yeah, bro. At this point in time, we're actually at the, same, the same AO station. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah where I'm were on, you at I'm, right I'm, there? So I started my career off at twenty two area. So if okay. it's kind of by the wing and supply battalion. Yeah. Uh, first FSSG is when I that was my yep. first uh, unit that I checked before into. it became L- MLG. Yeah, and so, did it change? I, yeah, I didn't know. Uh, yeah. Then. Uh, you know what's funny is the sergeant major of the Marine Corps right now. Uh, I served with him at Supply Battalion as a he was a staff sergeant, and no I and I just shit. saw him. Yeah, Sergeant Major Ruiz. Yeah, he was my staff sergeant back at uh, Supply Battalion. Man, I was tripping out when I saw him as the sergeant major of the Marine Corps. Wow, I was like, wow, there's still guys in there, man, doing it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> God bless you guys. You guys, no shit, bro. We're out here uh, fat, and happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys are still scraping the bottom of the barrel. Have at it. Cool. Yeah, but nah, man. And then I ended up going over to uh, First MHG uh, Meth Headquarters Group, yeah. and um, I was uh, right there at the beach. Right when you first drive in, bro, yeah. it was at uh, yeah. Delmar Beach right, right there. Right there on Delmar, left, right, where the AVs and all that shit, yeah. Yeah, so I was there for my last two and a half, I mean, my last two years, but... That was when I ended up deploying over to the Middle East uh, around that stint. So, uh, because we went from being more of a rear area support group, which was supply battalion, to uh, we went moved over to a grunt unit. And uh, then we were going forward. You guys are part of a MU. 
Yeah. The meth. Right. The meth. Well, yeah. I mean, but, the, uh, meth, the, the meth is is. And is, we got the uh, man. We got the president of the the unit uh, citation award. Uh, our, yeah. our our unit for uh, making the most ground. I mean, I don't know how good of a award it is now looking back at it for uh, covering the most ground in the fastest amount of time when uh, well, we moved, we moved I'll tell forward you, into uh, Baghdad. I'll tell you right now. Like, so you were over there during during the invasion OF one. Yeah, I was. I, I dude, I was an early party. I went there January of two thousand three. Um, I was over there to offload uh, the ships, get all yep. the vehicles off the ship, take them back. We were over at Camp Commando in Kuwait, oh, yeah. and then we got everybody set up, and then uh, they would come pick up their shit and then drive out. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. So I'm going to give you some kudos because the Army, the Army jacked up the supply chain. The Army screwed it up. God bless Jessica Lynch and all those guys that got hammered. Yeah, bro. Um, but, and she got, you know, she got, she got the whole lot of bad dirt. Like there was a lot of us who were really upset at her, but at the end of the day, it wasn't anything. It had nothing to do with her. No, she it was wasn't her. Soldier. She was a PFC, bro. She was you know a soldier I mean? that was just trying to do, she was just trying to stay alive. She was a PFC, right? At yeah. the time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, bro, uh, I was over there when all that shit went down because being too. in supply, being in supply, they were telling us, you know, a lot of things were, one, we don't, I mean, in the Marine Corps, you just talked about how, like, people think we're dumb. Uh -huh. When it comes to tactics, most smartest motherfuckers ever, bro. And that's oh, yeah. why we were successful on our supply chains uh -huh. and stuff like that because of our tactics. Right. I won't talk about him here on... Uh, the World Wide Web, but you know, I tell you, yeah. the Marine Corps, uh, their tactics are fucking next level. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and always have been, always will be. I mean, I'm pretty sure that they've changed tactics since we oh, were part of it. We so. have to. You, yeah. you got to evolve, man. You can't right. because the, the the enemy does start catching on to your shit. Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. To to be elusive, you got to stay conclusive. You got to move. Facts. You got to you got to keep doing. You know, you can't do the same thing. You know what I right. mean? So, so, so I was, we, we were there as well. Um, and then we came in, we came into Anazaria right about the same time all that happened. We came in, uh, one, two was got hammered during down, down sniper alley and a sniper. They alley took a lot of man. That first they first Marines, they took a lot of hits, bro. So, and then, so we came in, we were part of, we were part of a MUSOC and so we were part of the 15th mu and two one we came in to help we were basically a sledgehammer like they gave one two a sledgehammer and said here this is what you're going to use to break down the door and so they used us and we we helped take on and once we took on we stayed behind and everybody else went to baghdad um, when Jessica and the, and her team had gotten captured, we ended up doing the disruption or the distraction. Second Battalion, first Marines ended up doing the distraction for, uh, her, um, her escape. For the force so, recon Marines. Right, for, well, that was, that was Delta. That was Delta. 
Delta Force went in. I thought it was the. Uh, I thought Force Recon went in there. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure there was a. There was. I'm pretty sure there was all kinds of. Well, I'm sure a lot of special guys. forces were. All there was a bunch of secret world guys. I don't. There's. There was a lot of. Because I, I do know that the Marine Marines were instrumental in bailing uh bailing them out. Oh, of course, absolutely. Well, and that's what I'm trying to tell you. Like we had re- we had recon on the ground with us. We had first recon battalion guys in embedded with us. Yeah. So those guys did help out a lot. And we did the most of the distractions. So we were like, hey, look at us, shoot at us over here, yeah. blah, 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 yep. blah. And the guys in the freaking and the guys in the hospital, I'm pretty sure they didn't fire around. Because they weren't aware that they were on their way in. So and I'm not necessarily accurate. Like I don't have all that chronologically recorded, but but from where I was standing. And what was going on, that was that was the word on the ground. And, yeah, that's the other thing. You know, we got whatever word that came through the, the radio lines, basically. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. However that is, telephone call, you know what I mean? <laughs> whatever whatever so turned out on the news or whoever told the next story, that's whatever. You know, yep. I can't – I'm not going to sit here and tell you that my story is completely accurate because it's not. Right. It's just my perspective of what was going on. Yeah, we're um, getting the ground report. You know what I mean, right, and it's right. it's and it's just you're getting very the high level. What's going on? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And you know the the news reports and all that. That's just like the whole Jessica Lynch thing. We all thought Jessica Lynch was a piece of trash. Like, why would you leave your rifle where you couldn't get it, or what? Like, come on, soldier. The reality is, is she like she got hammered. They hold that whole freaking unit got t- got beat. They up. got ambushed, nasty, bro. Yeah, they, <laughs> they got ambushed, nasty. And then and, they uh, made they weren't ready. Freaking... They weren't ready. I don't feel like they were. They weren't. You know, the other thing is, is they were going off napkin directions, bro. Right. Like, right. They were literally going off of some napkin that right. someone well, threw up I a map and made a wrong just left go, turn. Like, yeah. Look at that ga- look for a gas station on the left and if you find that gas station then that's where you're going to turn right. Yeah, yeah cuz I had someone on my show man and they talked about it. They said that when they went went down the wrong path, they went all the way through the town. Right. Made it through. Mm-hmm. But decided, "Oh shit, we're going the wrong way" and went back the same turn way around. they came and then Got that's hammered. when they took it. Yeah. Right. They're like, "Wait, hold on. They're coming back." Let's they're go- they're, you know, they're like, "Oh, this is cool." Yeah, man. Yeah. What a no, yeah, what a absolutely. sucky situation, bro. And then she, you know, she got captured, and like, well, there was a, there was, there was. I think I want to say there was like two or three people that got captured. The rest of them were killed. Two. It was a guy and in, in her. Well, there was a there was a little black girl, a little black girl too. She was. Oh, was there two? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, female, I think that got captured as well. I mean, I don't know. It, 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 I don't know what to believe in the news anymore. I don't know what to believe in the new in right. the news anymore. So I don't. <laughs> it is what it is. I just I yeah. know I know that I have I have since then seen Jessica Lynch's story, and I feel. I feel entire a I feel entirely different than what I felt back then doing what we did. And I feel a great deal of empathy, for her having been put in the position that she was in because uncle Sam basically made her a martyr. Yeah. They made and, a and teenage she's, girl. They made she's a teenage constantly girl be a reminded of this, bro. You know what oh, I mean? Absolutely. And, 
Absolutely. And, is, and, and, and then again, now, imagine the things that she, the horror that she saw. Right. Well, know, right. And the Absolutely. nightmares that she's got to constantly live through, bro. I mean, well, I mean, yeah. so, so, so she's, she's, she travels in the, in the same circle that I do. Um, I haven't, I've yet to get an opportunity to speak to her. I wish I, I'd love to be able to speak to her and I'd love to tell her, um, that I'm glad she's okay. And, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to just get a second to, to bend her ear and, and have a conversation with her. Um, and just tell Send her, her to my podcast. If you ever get in touch with her, bro, trust me. I, I, I yeah, <laughs> I would absolutely. Love to have her on, man. My absolutely. Gosh, you know, she was a, a big, big part of our stories. I, yeah. you know, and that was a big story for anybody that was she over was, there. Listen, and she was on Time Magazine, bro. Yeah. yeah. Like she you was, don't, you, you don't, you're not a PFC with a bronze star on Times Ma- on Time Magazine for no reason. Right. Or maybe it was Newsweek or whatever. I don't know which one it was, but I no. I but know she was she national. Was, she she made she was, national headlines. She was national. Yeah. And you know, she. I'm pretty sure that she wasn't even ready for that. Right. Like, cause I know I wasn't ready for shit when I retired. Yeah. I wasn't. Do you know if she's going around doing public speakings now? Is that she, what yeah, I mean? She's, 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 she's doing some she's kind of ta- talking about her story and stuff. Yeah, cause I mean, does, I imagine does. she's gone through a lot of uh, therapy and, 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 and stuff like that. But yeah. So it seems like she's doing it. really well. I think she's Good. married and I think she's, you know, I think she's doing, she's doing her thing, you know, Good. um, which is awesome. And yeah. again, like, like anybody watching this, like I'll tell, I'll be the first to tell you, like the name Jessica Lynch left a bad taste in my mouth. It left a bad taste in my mouth in Nazaria. But at the end of the day, <laughs> she's not the bad taste. It's the people that used her to create the bad taste. And God bless her, man. That's like, what I was God gonna say. Her. I think I think the stigma followed her name, but yeah. it's the situation. Her her name mm-hmm. got put on a situation is is what we right. would say. You know right. what I mean? Because she's the so, like one of the biggest survivors, the story, you know, I mean, how mm-hmm. they go through the whole thing. Um but yeah, man, she like and she was she was man. I heard her story. She was on a good friend of mine. She was actually a she's one of the lead actors in in the dear mom video barb allen speaks uh if you ever get an opportunity to check out the, her podcast um she's a she's a gold star wife um you know uh she's done some stuff they're getting ready to get married her and her and dave are getting ready to get married which is awesome um but she did an interview with with jessica and man i like i felt i I felt sick at my stomach for how I felt back then about her. I felt horrible for how I felt about her then. Yeah. Because her story was so authentic and real. And like, I don't know. I don't know about how you felt when you left, when you left the military and you started to realize that looking through rose colored glasses all your entire career changed your perspective on the world. Um, yeah, I think deployment itself was the biggest uh, yeah. changing changing in my mind of the world. Right, uh, right. Well, and and you know when you can see when you can see I don't know when I saw I can honestly and I said this I said this two nights ago I can honestly tell you that I have seen the best 
and the literal worst that humanity has to offer. Yeah. I have seen that. Yeah. And that's not pretty. It's not. No, it's not. And that's why it, when I hear people complain and stuff around me here in, oh. in, in the States, it, you know, even my family, it's just like sometimes I have to, I have to correct them and say, hey, listen. <laughs> let me hear somebody else say how bad America is. Let me, let, let me send you somewhere and let me get you, yeah. let me send you somewhere for a while and, and you'll come back loving this place. Do you know what I mean? No matter no matter yeah. how bad this place is, you know, it the people are making it kinda it's making it crazy a little bit. It's still a better place than a lot of other places I could assure uh, yeah, you. Dude. And, and, and this some is of the... the people couldn't hack going and living, bro. Nope. Like in the Middle East when some of them dudes live in like a tent, bro. No yeah. no carpet, no. no floors, nothing. In the middle Sand. of the desert, bro. Dirt. And it's yeah, and the sandstorms come, they yep. they get floods. I mean, it's just living in a no, diesel canvas tent. After being there, bro, you could understand why them motherfuckers over there are so pissed, you know, and they're just honoring <laughs> sons of bitches, bro. Yeah, there's like we gotta live here, fuck everybody. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Fuck you, buddy. Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but but you know, so like it's like I don't know. Like I've I've been to so many third world countries, and and I and and I and I struggle with seeing us head there right now. Like I like I see it happening. Venezuela failed in less than a year from the most pristine country in the world, and they were fighting. And now they're fighting over hot dogs in the street. You know what I mean? Don't and, have and clean so, water or nothing, bro. Right, right. And so, so when people talk about how how skewed and how horrible of a place this place is in America, you tell me, and I'm going to look right in your eyes. You tell me why so many people are rushing here. You tell me that because I can tell you. That all you people out there talking about how wonderful it is to go to like Acapulco or going to Cabo San Lucas or go to Rosarita. The reality is, is that you're under a certain siege of protection in, a, in an all-inclusive environment. Outside of that, you'd disappear. You wouldn't survive. You'd be gone. Because there's some ugly stuff out there. There's some real ugly stuff out there. That's, it cracks me up. People talk about going to Africa. We go to Africa. The people that keep talking about going back to the motherland would never go to the real motherland. Because they couldn't make it. Their own people would kill them. Oh, yeah. 100%, bro. And that's not I, I, race. That's not racist. That's logic. No. no. Yes. Yeah, it, 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 that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, people fail to realize, you know, our worst place is not even in some place, some people's best no. place. You know what I mean? So, no, and, like, and that's why it's like, you know, it's it's rough, man. I, I Chicago's a playground places. compared to freaking Mogadishu or uh, Somalia, like anywhere in Somalia or, or like, 
uh, Marja, Afghanistan, or Fallujah, Iraq. Like, yeah. like Chicago is like a playground. Yeah. Dude, I mean, you know, it, it's it's rough when you go to these countries, right, and, and you see these little kids who don't got nothing, bro. Like, they're, they're, they're playing stuff is like with sticks and rocks and, yep. and, and things like that. Smiling. Mm-hmm. Smiling. Yep. yep. We got kids here in our states that have Kindles, have TVs, oh, yeah. have cell phones. And they're fucking still and complaining, and bro, phones. still upset. Oh, the Wi-Fi sucks here. I don't like this place because the Wi-Fi sucks. Like, bro, do you realize how lucky and fortunate we are to have Wi-Fi? I mean, I I grew up on dial up, you know. Me too. You know, like, oh, shit, disconnected and trying to get back on. Um, Listen, hold on. Before you, I want to, because I want to make a statement to that. You grew up on dial up. I grew up, we didn't have the internet, first of all. And second of all, when we had phone in my in my in my area, we had a party line. <laughs> so if somebody in, in on the freaking line in the area was on the line, you had to wait for them to finish their phone call. Oh jeez. Yeah. Like that's how yeah. I grew up. Yeah. Like you had to wait, like you'd pick up the phone to call somebody and somebody else would be on the like two, three houses up, like three miles three or four miles away. On We're the sitting line. there trying to dial someone's yeah. number, bro. One of those little spin things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, like, hey, now you hey, just hey. press a name. Now you just press a name on the cell phone. Yep. Or yeah. just tell it. Just tell it. Hey, call so and so. Yeah, yeah. Alexa, call so and so. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Siri, call blah 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 blah. Right. Yeah, bro. But I mean, it's just it. You can tell Siri order, and then and then, and then when like say, order a pizza now, like you say, say someone's you know cell phone breaks or they lose it. The the hysterics that people go into. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm a kind of guilty sometimes myself about the you know like, oh shit I lost my cell phone oh my gosh. That's <laughs> you know, but, listen, bro. That right there, that this thing right here is fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. So Easy. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be upset if that's broken. Oh Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. But like, if I lose it, I'll be honest with you. If I didn't have this thing for about a month, I'd be happier and shit. Promise. <laughs> I wouldn't give a shit. I'd be like, oh, I can't call anybody. Fuck. <laughs> Looks like I'm just going to play. I'm going to play freaking Call of Duty and, I don't know, play in the yard, go fishing, do something, whatever. You play Call of Duty? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll have to, we'll have to link up. Dude, <laughs> yeah. Like, I was watching you do all those. Listen, I think it's really awesome that you do the PlayStation stuff, the, all the old school PlayStation. I'm doing everything, yeah. It's, I'm, I'm going to be up in the Xbox pretty soon, but... uh I'm just going through all the different consoles and back, and I yeah. probably go through like Game Boy, go through all the handhelds, you know. You're gonna do 64 but... and all that shit. Oh yeah, bro! It's I'm, a, I'm trying to cover everything. I'm kind of going through my iteration of what I grew up with and how I chant. Like I started off with like Nintendo and then moved on to Sega. Then I got we a should, PlayStation uh, Two. You get know, you. then I got Xbox. I'll tell you what we should get. What, what I need to find. What I need to find you is a. You find you a paddleboard console because that's and all it was was a fucking big huge console about like this, and it had two dials on it. Oh yeah, and you just played <laughs> you played paddleboard, and that's all it was on a team. I started off with Atari, bro, with the you know yeah. with the little controller the and the one button. The Atari twenty four hundred, bro, absolutely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Paperboy, bro. Fucking Burger Time. There was yeah. some badass games. <laughs> yeah, Asteroid. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. The Battleship oh, one. I yeah. love the Battleship tanks. one. Yeah, oh, Tanks. Yeah, All those. Pong. Like, Pong. <laughs> dude. Absolutely. Uh, so that Galaga. I can find you some of those consoles and some of those games, and then you just screen, screen view them. Yeah. Yeah. That would love be it. sick. Dude, I would because I love, and that, that's where I like now that I've kind of got my computer set up better. I'm trying to bring it where you can see the gameplays and you know bring right. up videos right. so people can kind of remember like, oh my gosh, right? Do you have you RCA know it's crazy Jackson. how much isn't it crazy how how we got into all that pixelated stuff and and now it, it's like oh gosh, but our, our kids like my kids are onto Minecraft and um, Roblox, and yeah. I mean that is the most pixelated shit ever. I'm like. Right. You guys right. got good stuff. Right, right. Not only that, not only that, but it's it's actually pixel, pixelated on purpose and it's so pixelated that it's perfect. Because yeah. because the graphics are so great today that you don't see a pixel. No. They're all rounded now. It's not so square boxed ish. Yeah. Like and it's just it's insane. So when you when you talk about pixels like Roblox and like all that stuff, like you just it's it's like Wow, like they did this on purpose and it's creepy. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, when it was yeah. when it was just legit and that's just how it was. Yep. Hell yeah. Well, hey man, let's go ahead and switch it up a little bit and uh get to talking about something I'm pretty sure you know you're you you found a love for. And uh let's talk about your uh let's talk about your music, man. Mr. Yeah, Shannon yeah. Books music and uh what he's got going on in the music. Yeah, man. World. I uh, I don't know. So when I when I retired in 2010, um, I thought about going to medical school, <clears throat> and I had a doctor buddy of mine. He was like, "Dude, he's like, you don't need to go to medical school." He's like, "You've been practicing medicine for 17 years." He goes, "You already know the process. You know exactly how to do it. You don't need to go to school." He's like, "You just need a license." <laughs> he's like, "Just go get your PA license." So I started to do that. I changed I changed my major from I don't know, I don't remember what it was. I had a, I was I was doing a major that I was going to work in towards like medical school and then I changed my major back into a biology of science or a uh, 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 bachelor's of science of biology so that I could go to PA school. And it got to the point where Clinicals became part of the conversation, and I was just like, mm, "I'm not, I'm not interested in or ready to do any of the clinical rotations that I would have to do because it would just have brought up stuff that I wasn't ready to talk about or deal with, for that matter." And uh, so I just decided, and and then the course the college that I was going to was, you know, I got. I got some kid in the front or got some kid and his girlfriend talking behind me, talking about finger banging Susie on Saturday in the freaking, <laughs> you know, in the theater. And I'm thinking I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, use my freaking GI bill to get a freaking degree as fast as possible. I've already got a traumatic brain injury. I've already got PTSD. So I'm constantly thinking about things outside of school. And I've got this kid talking about freaking, you know, doing what he did with Susie at freaking theater. And I'm thinking to myself, I turn around and I'm like, hey, bro, shut up. 
And the professor was like, Mr. Book, we don't talk to people like that. I'm like, ma'am, could you please tell the young man behind me to stop talking about diddling his girlfriend at the theater? Because <laughs> I'm trying to study. And I'm sitting in the front of the class, right? So I've got PTS and I've got all these people behind me. So I don't, I don't trust any of these people because I don't know them. You know, I'm going to a freaking community college, basically. And, <clears throat> you know, I just, I get to the point to where I'm just like, you know what? I can't. I can't do this anymore. So I just pack my stuff up and I'm like, you know what? I'm done. And, <clears throat> you know, and then I went to another school and I started to do all the stuff there, you know, here in, in, in Texas and. You know, like I said, I, w I worked my way all the way up to starting to work into the PA degree. And it just, I I ended up doing music. And that's where I am. And music is pretty much, music has saved my life. And it's almost killed me a couple times. So, but. So you never really did music prior to no, I'm not going to say that. Did you, I, or you I, kind I, of uh, always into it? I mean, no, I've always been into music. I started playing saxophone when I was in the fifth grade. Okay, that's where that's where my music career started. Uh, my grandfather, uh, my grandpa, book got me a cassette of Boots Randolph's greatest hits. And if you've never heard of Boots Randolph, Boots Randolph is a saxophonist uh, known for improvisation. And he is an amazing saxophonist. I'm pretty sure he's no longer with us. But my grandpa told me, if you can learn how to play this saxophone the way the Boots Randolph, if you can play this whole cassette like Boots Randolph does, I will buy you your very own saxophone. Because we rented saxophone back then. Well, I rented a saxophone because we couldn't afford one. You know, I lived in a 64-foot single-wide trailer growing up. Um. So, you know, um, so that's what I did. I literally would be outside with a jam box or a boom box, what we called boom boxes back then, uh, with that cassette blaring <laughs> yeah, while I was playing. Yeah, while I was <laughs> playing the freaking songs over and over and over and over. And I did that for years. And I used to sing with the radio and. My dad used to yell at me in the back of the car. He'd be like, shut up, boy. I can't hear the radio. And I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be singing under my voice after that, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I did, I did, I did choir and I did, uh, I did choir for my junior and senior year at, at uh, North Laurel. And tallest dude on the choir team over there. Just I, I was one, <laughs> one of for sure. Um, but we, uh, we did a production of little Abner and I was little Abner and my dad for the first time heard me do, heard me sing in little Abner. And he was like, wow, you can actually sing. And I was like, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I told you, man, I got this, but the one you know, annoying you in the back seat. Yeah. I wasn't you know? doing that. Just pissed you <laughs> off, bro. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so that was my music career, you know, and then I, you know, I always, I, my cousins, my cousin, Chad, uh, God rest him, uh, taught me my first guitar lick. 
my first guitar lick is probably one of the hardest guitar licks ever played. I, I, I can still to this day play it. I can still play it, but I can't play it and sing it. This uh -huh. is the first guitar lick I ever learned how to play. I, I remember that song though. Yeah, yeah. So that was like the, that, that was man. the first song I ever learned how to play the guitar to. That song took me a whole year to learn to how to master play. it. To get it yeah, that was yeah. I mean, my cousin Chad taught me that whole song, and uh, so for because I always like he played guitar. He played guitar. My cousin Mark played guitar and played drums. Um, they all played multiple instruments and all I played was a saxophone. And they always said like, dude, you play the sax. That's the coolest instrument ever. And I'm like, yeah, shut up. You play guitar. And then, you know, and, and then, you know, they're like, well, yeah, but you sing. And I'm like, yeah, shut up. But you play guitar and you play drums. <laughs> so it got to the point where I just want to learn how to play guitar so I could write and create music. So my cousin Chad taught me basically and got me started in the world of guitar. Um, and like, I owe my guitar skills to my cousin Chad. Like, and my guitar skills are nothing compared to what his was. Like, that dude was a beast on a guitar. My cousin Mark can play a guitar, and he's not bad himself, but he's a hell of a drummer. His son is a stupid, amazing guitar player. And his daughter is an amazing vocalist, apparently. I haven't heard her sing because she didn't sing for a lot of people. But my aunt says she's amazing. So we had a we have a very musical family. My aunt Tammy, she plays the piano. Like everybody, like everybody has their own little niches. And my grandma book, you know, my grandma book and my grandma sergeant both had pianos in their house. So I dabbled with a lot of music. Music was literally around me everywhere. And so when I retired, I mean, so I took, I, <laughs> when, I, when I left for Fallujah, I went to a pawn shop and I bought a $50 guitar. I just bought a, I mean, it was a solid guitar for 50 bucks. I bought a, a $50 beat up. I don't even remember what it was. And I took it home and I sanded it down and I painted it. I, you know, put tribal markings and stuff on it. And I took it to Fluja with us. And when I, when we came off the road and nobody died or nobody got hurt, I'd play. And the first song that would come out would be Rooster. My Allison Chains. That's the first song I would play. Because today you couldn't stop the Rooster. Can you play it right now? Can I play it right now? I mean, I can, I can probably, I can try it, but I don't, you're not probably going to be able to hear it very well. But I can play it, sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
Damn, I love that rendition of it, bro. Fuck. Man, getting my yeah. crayon all chubby over here. <laughs> yeah, man, but that's, I mean, so I play that. I play that at least once a night. That's amazing. If we, yeah. if we were back on, on FOB, you know, if we're obviously we're, you know, we're What'd you do with that guitar, bro? Did you bury it there, man? What'd you do? You didn't keep that sucker? I would have had all my boys sign that son of a bitch. Oh, that's oh, you, it. you talking about the? No, I left it there for the guys that came in. Oh, you left it? Okay, so that she just got passed around, huh? I wonder yep, who she, ended up with that bad. I don't know, dude. Bad girl. It's got my name on it somewhere. It might be Kevin somewhere. A, that, it's got to be a masterpiece. If that thing's around, I can I see that a masterpiece that. now. I mean, you, it maybe. I don't know. It's it's got a big huge, right here. I put my SB on it, and then I put, Hell like, yeah. like um, tribal markings and, st and stuff on the guitar, and then I put, like, stick. there was a sticker here, and I don't remember. There was a bunch of, sh bunch of shit that I just, I painted on it. Um, I, uh, I tell people all the time that I opened for Toby Keith and Ted Nugent, because in Fallujah... There was we did a an MWR night and we were getting ready to our unit was getting ready to go out like we were getting ready to hit the road and the guys were like Doc they're doing a open mic you should bring your guitar and I'm like fuck that dude like we're getting ready to roll like we're gonna go over here we're gonna see this we're gonna grab some freaking hot chow and then we're gonna be on the road for like the next four days like I'm not taking my guitar well somebody surprised me. And they brought it for me. And so I ended up playing the last set of the open mic before Ted Nugent and Toby Keith walked out on stage. And Ted Nugent was like, dude, that's some go you got some pipes, bro. And oh, nice. Toby, Toby was a bit of a douchebag, but I'm pretty sure he was just tired. But yeah. But yeah. And then we that's went awesome, out. Man. We were uh, We were out on the road for probably the next three to four days. Was that like your first time? Would you say maybe getting on a stage type deal or no, dude? Listen, I, no, I you was are, doing so back. So so weirdly enough, it's funny that you asked that question because I was just I was just in Alaska with um, with Ots Kilcher and Otsley Kilcher 
um, of the the Kilcher family, who basically settled Alaska. Um, but uh, so Ottsley or Ots Kilcher is, I mean, I'm going to say a name, and if you don't know the name, then shame on you. But Jewel, that's her dad. And so Ots Kilcher is a Vietnam veteran. And we went up there and hung out in Homer, Alaska for like 10 days with Ots. And, I, you know, what an amazing soul. That dude is there. I couldn't say enough good stuff about that man. I just couldn't. And I got to meet Ots Lee. Um, and come to find out, Ots Lee and I were talking and we hung out around the, the, the campfire for the, the, I'd like to call it the night, but it was still daylight at midnight. Um, but we were hanging out around the fire and we were talking about playing in San Diego. Like when I was a young sailor, like doing my thing, because I used to play at places like, um, uh, well, crap. What's it called? It's right off a of mission, mission beach right there. It's right off the border. Are you talking about the, the red light chillers? Gas lamp, I mean? No, no, no. Well, there was a plenty of, there was a ton of places that I used to play at the gas lamp. Like, I used to do karaoke on the gas lamp oh, all okay. the time. Yeah. And apparently, Mama San's still down at the gas lamp doing freaking karaoke. I don't know. I heard, like, just recently, she's still there. I can't, like, I can't even believe she's still there. Wow. But, um, and San Diego is so sad. Oh, it's so sad, bro. It is, bro. It's so After sad. The, just, COVID oh. really hurt a lot of places, bro. It's I mean, so it, it really, sad. After, you know, good old 2020. The overpasses over from from, from Balboa into freaking downtown. Tent, tents. Littered with tents, bro. Yeah. I know, littered. man. It's, it's crazy. Oh, it's, my heart was broken. My heart yeah. was so broken. Anyway, um, so, but yeah, we, I used to play at Balboa Park. I used to play in Chillers down in Mission. I used to play all, a lot, a couple of, I used to play uh, Molly Malone's and all kinds of places downtown in San Diego. And like, there was a huge, amazing music venue down there all over San Diego. But then up in Poway and Encinita and, 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 and El Cajon and all those places, I used to play all over there too. And so coming coming up weirdly, I was talking to Ots Lee, Jewel's brother, and we, we we ended up running into each other at several places. Like, and I remember being on the grind, MTV grind in nineteen ninety-five. <laughs> This MTV grind. MTV Bring grind in 1995. Listen, man, I'm telling you, 1995, <laughs> the grind at Mission Beach. Oh, and I was so I was so close that I could have flipped my own guitar pick and hit Mark McGrath in the face. Like oh, I man, remember that's... all these things. Oh shit. Like, and so like and this is where like I ended up being an extra on um <clears throat> Renegade. With Lorenzo Lamas and like all these people, like my buddy, me and me and Kevin Swanson, 
we're out freaking like body surfing one day on Mission Beach. And we come back and, you know, we, you know, we're young, you know, muscle bound, ridiculous, not like the fat Laura that I am today. But, you know, we were pretty ripped and tight and cut and, and looked pretty decent. And uh, they're like, hey, do you guys, can you guys, uh, you guys want to be on a TV show? We were walking back up to the freaking boardwalk and they're like, yeah. And they were doing a steel beach out there. They were just doing a little weightlifting, steel beach. And uh, we're like, sure. And then, you know, Lorenzo Lamas and, and Courtney, Courtney Everson, who I was completely infatuated with. <laughs> like, you know, Miss Universe, like, kiss my ass. Like, she was a hot babe. And, like, to me, that was, like, that was the coolest thing in my, in my life. So that was, I was, like, 19. Pick your job, uh, buddy. Pick your job. All over the place, bro. <laughs> like, you know, so that was my, that, so I was playing in a lot of those same places where all those guys were getting big. Like, what's his name from freaking um, Sublime? used to play at chillers all the time like i'd go in there that dude was hammered he'd be hammered in the middle of the seat in the middle of the floor <laughs> freaking in a chair playing guitar he'd be like bro you want to play you want to play bro yeah dude absolutely you know what i mean like insane stuff insane stuff so jewel like i ran into odds and jewel like i couldn't tell you how many times just playing at open mics coffee shops and weird <laughs> weird you know yeah so yeah crazy cr that is crazy so, so i cut my teeth i cut my teeth musically a long long time ago that's good yeah well yeah i mean i could tell man you, you're either you just are super talented or you definitely been playing for a long time but i love your music either way well man. thanks man i appreciate let's talk that. about this uh guitar here yeah well, that's the one I was just playing, really. Yeah, that that's that's, that's your main. That's, that's your main well, chick. that's my that's my that's my. Oh uh, well, I mean, that's my on stage bill. Um, that beauty right there, like it sounds good. It's a Gibson. It's a it's it's an HP four five. Uh, it's HP four four fifteen W, and it's one of the newer. Not anymore. I mean, it was one of the newer, it was like 2017. It's one of the newer American made Gibsons um, that um, they were naming like work, the workhorse of the music industry, you know? Um, and it, it's kind of like a songwriter um, cutaway, but it's a little slimmer. It's got a smaller headstock, and it's you know it's a little sleeker. It's a little more of a workman's guitar um, instead of a collector's guitar. But it's it's my it's my everyday. It's my everyday guitar. You know that's the guitar that I generally play and indoor record on. I back here, this guitar back here. That one was given to me by Paul Reed Smith himself. Um, this guitar up here on the wall was given to me by a Green Beret friend of mine um nick i he's like he's like dude he's like you you deserve this guitar and i'm like i don't know why but thank you <laughs> like you know <laughs> he, you know and he tells me this little he tells me the story of this little greek lady he met back when he was a kid he's like listen here 
if God's, if somebody gives you a gift, you take it. You don't ever say no, you know? And so he tells me this story at like three o'clock in the morning and he's like, you're taking the guitar. I'm like, no, no, no. He's like, didn't you just listen to the story? I just yeah, told yeah, you? yeah. So long story short, I ended up going back down and getting the guitar and he's like, yeah, I told you it's your guitar. I'm like, all right, cool. Nice. Yeah. And you know, Nick Benchwall, what a great dude. I love that guy. I couldn't. I, I, you know, you want to know what I'm blessed with? It's not shit like this. It's not all this stuff. I'm blessed with amazing people. I'm blessed with people like you, Nick Benchwall, like Kevin Swinson, Rudy Aguilar. Um, dude, I could name so many people right now that. You know, Alonzo Galloway, um, Lord have mercy. Um, I was just talking about him earlier. Um, Frank Cannon, um, just, uh, just, uh, all these people in my life that I've been fortunate enough to be around Scott Brigden, Russell Boatwright, Seth Seacrees. Dude, John Bowden, God bless him. Um, you know, uh, there, everybody that I, Ed Brandon, I could sit here and name names all day long. That's what I've been blessed with. I have been so, I'm about to get a little emotional. Sorry. Um, no, dude. Those, those are some people that have pulled me out of the depths of darkness. Um, yeah, it's good to have a group of people like that, though, man. Yeah, and some and some of those people I've lost to the darkness themselves. You know, yeah, that hurt. That hurts. You know, Joe Schulter. I'm. I'll miss that dude. I will miss that dude until the day I die. Because I feel like I should have done more for him. I feel like I, I could have met him closer to where he was. Or, you know, or I should have met him closer. But I wasn't even healthy myself. You know. But there, there's, yeah. That's, that's for another time. That's for another time. I've been blessed by people like you every day. And we're blessed by you, bro. That woman in there in the other room who's working right now, I'm blessed by her. I'm blessed by my children. Yeah. I love it, man. You, you know, and uh, like I said, we're blessed by you too, bro. I think uh, anybody that ever mentions your name in the conversation, everybody lights up. And, uh, you know, just know, man, you, you do just as much for us as you others do for you i'm sure so but, uh, i'm glad I, I you know i don't i don't ever look at it that way i just kind of i just want to be I want to be the man that god asked me to be that's all i really want to do i just want to be the man that that god is calling me to be and that sometimes is really hard <laughs> it is man but you're a leader amongst men you know what i mean bro and uh I'm, I'm, I appreciate you being so transparent, bro, and, and stuff with it. Because this stuff right here is what people need to see, is the the raw, authentic, 
feelings that we go through each and every day. Yeah, yeah bro. We're all some tough ass motherfuckers, but we are human beings and we and we love people and we love hard. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. that's one thing about us is we love super hard, bro. And some yeah. people don't understand that about us. Well, the reality is, is we don't do anything half ass. No, we go hard. I used to get my dad used to tell me, he's like, why don't you stop half assing everything? And then I, I I took that on board one day and I was like, you know what? You're right. How about I stop half assing everything? Like even trying to get in trouble. Like if we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it. Yeah, right. So, yep. Like you, like message received, motherfucker. And so, so everything like half ass was not. It it became you know, and I was probably maybe, maybe eleven, twelve when he said that, and I took that shit to heart, and I never stopped. So I don't like. There's no half assing with me. Like I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand half ass ass in this. Yeah, I'm with you, man. And and uh, I've always been that way when it came to sports at practice. People kind of let up. I wasn't that one. Yeah, you know, no, I was dude, always I like, was... damn, bro, why are you going so hard? Because motherfucker, I play hard all the time. Because <laughs> this know what is I mean? how the game was played, bro. Yeah, like I practice how I'm going to play. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm I'm like... not going to be half ass lackadaisical. <laughs> And then you expect me to come and play hard at the game. I'm, right, I'm, right. All, I'm all the way through, bro. I'm you know, I'm going to break your motherfucking arm at practice. I'm all in, motherfucker. If you can't hack practice, you can't hack the game, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly, bitch. <laughs> I'm break the quarterback's fucking arm. Fuck like, that bro, dude. Like yeah, we are, bro, but I got pads on right now. Fuck that dude. You got dude. a football play, in your I'll hand, bitch. <laughs> I'll play quarterback. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, true story. But like, it's like I don't know, man. Like, like I said, there's we we do love hard. We love hard. We do everything hard. Yeah. But that's what we were taught. We were taught that from from childhood. And I want to say something else. You know, like because I've I have struggled. I've been the guy that's been trying to figure out how to save my own life for the last twenty years. And there by the grace of God go I. And I will tell you right now that the like the best thing on the planet that I can I can express to you. I have a therapy. I have a therapist and her name is Jamie Howard. And I promise you. A therapist that won't take your shit. And will call you out. Is the best thing I've ever experienced in my life. I've been sober for three years now. And I mean sober. And I feel better today than I've felt in my entire life. Granted, I'm in a lot, I'm in a lot more pain and I don't, you know, whatever. But, like, I don't, I quit chewing Copenhagen probably two, three months, two months ago. Like, so, like, like I'm in the process of getting rid of garbage in my life. And it started with getting rid of garbage in my life. And that's where it started. And so, you know, there's a bar in my house. Most alcoholics would be afraid to have alcohol in their home. 
My girlfriend still yeah. drinks. She drinks, you know, with, you know, she doesn't drink all the time. She drinks socially. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't care. I don't have a concern for it. I don't, I don't desire it. Don't want it. Don't need it. Don't care. That's and I'm not afraid of it. <laughs> you know no. why? Because God, I gave it to God and God took it. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. I chose to give my sufferings to God. And God gave me all of you. God gave me an, ama- an amazing therapist. He gave me a great social support network. Um, He's starting to grant you. Grant you the peace that you were yeah sending yeah you want you yeah peace, bro say that again bro because that. yeah. that's that's it it's me too I mean I think I hit you know you hit a point in your life at least I did and it hit me like a brick realizations of all kinds of things yeah. things that I was you know having to admit where I was wrong you know things right. that I've done wrong where I've made wrong. Right. And having to accept that and eat it and say, bro, right? You know, that's a hard thing when you, when you, especially as a Marine, you think you're a badass and you're fucking perfect. You're, yeah, you're like, and, no, and, fuck, and, I didn't fuck up. You fucked up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. You know, but 42 years old, man, and now I'm figuring all this shit out. And then you look right. back at the past and it's like a fucking, it's like a war field that's just right. smoking and stuff. You got things that are still, and, and you're trying to put out fires. You're trying yeah. to mend fences. Right. You're trying to rebuild things that you've yeah. you done self-destroyed because right you, you didn't you weren't healthy you weren't dealing with your shit you know i what can't I mean? tell you so, how many fucking bridges i've burnt bro but you've submitted yourself bro and you say i want peace in my life yeah and so when you submit that man and that's that's where you're you're starting to get that you know it's yeah. starting to come it's it, it's not something that comes right away for us no no but it's it's a it's it's this is where the learning patience and all that stuff comes into play yep. and just realize that there is a big plan for yourself that's you just it gotta sometimes a, walk there's a plan for me to get there there's, right there's a plan for me i don't know what it is yeah. i don't right. i don't fucking know and i and i'll tell i'll tell you just just like everybody else i'm not the best christian on the planet and for anybody to decide that they are the best christian on the planet can kiss my ass because it's not it's the best christian that ever walked the planet was jesus christ and i promise you ain't none of us that fucking good yep and i you know what bro i'm I am. Um, I've I've stripped the name away from me. I don't call myself a Christian. I don't call myself yeah. Catholic. I don't call myself a Baptist. Right. I call myself a believer. Yeah, me I too. believe in God, and, me I, too. and and I'm not gonna go get into the you know get into departments and and yeah. stuff like that where it starts getting into money and everything else. And nope, um, don't care. And, and people start judging you and all that stuff. You know, I I I got to a level of like I'm a believer. You right, know, and you, you can call me what you want. I'm a, but I don't. I don't claim to be a Christian. I don't claim to be a Catholic, Mormon, none of that. Right. No, I'm no. just a, a believer. And, oh yeah, and that's where my path is because I'm not going to follow man. Right. You know, it's I, all man know, made. That's all man made exactly. stuff. And at right. the end of the day, here's the deal. I'm going to break this down. At the end of the day, if you're going to judge me, then you're just as guilty of sin as I am. Yep. And now there's a difference between. Bro. There's that a difference was well between, said right there. Right. There's a difference between conviction and condemnation. And nine times out of ten, people condemn people. 100%, man. And to me personally, 
Jesus Christ's conviction. He's 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 the conviction that makes me want to change my life. Yeah. People's condemnation means absolutely nothing to me. I don't care. Cuz I promise you if anybody's really good at condemning me, it's me. Yeah. And how much li- how much more liberating does it feel to you though, bro, to let oh, yeah. that to let that loose? To it's let awesome. that loose and stop giving a shit about what other people think. How you dress, yeah. how you look, uh, what you say. I mean, doesn't it feel so much better, bro, when you yeah. don't have to worry about yeah. that kind of stuff? Or you don't yeah. have to think about that before you talk? I don't have isn't to pretend it? to do anything. Yeah. I don't have to pretend to be any something. Like like me personally, like, you know, hey, you're supposed to be a rock star. Twenty. You know, Gene Simmons says, if you want to be a rock star, you got to be a rock star 24 hours a day. Gene, go fuck yourself, bro. <laughs> like, I, like I, love, I love Kiss and all, but we've learned how, how – how you know jacked up those guys are like they're not even doing whole shows anymore they're not even really singing and playing anymore like nobody cares bro nobody cares like at the end of the day yeah you were a great entrepreneur but at the end of the day my life is about me look at oliver anthony that dude just freaking recorded a whole album on his phone and he's got three top number ones He's top number one, two, and three. And Jason Aldean is number four. <laughs> yeah, right, dude. I mean, wow. And he recorded that whole album on his phone with nothing but a guitar and his voice. And he said he's not even good at music. He passed up an $8 million record deal. Because he knew that they were just going to take his music and shove it in a vault somewhere. Yep. That's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be that. And that dude opens up every one of his shows with a Bible in his hand. That's the kind of dude I want to be. Yeah, you know what? That's great, man. He's not afraid. He doesn't care what anybody thinks or how he, you know. Because uh, some people won't do that. Some Come people on. won't go take up the Bible and open it up in front of a, a group of people. Why? Because they're scared of what the other people yeah. right there in front of them are going to think. And well, I think I think ultimately they're afraid of what Satan will do to them. And at the end of the day, like you can call it, you can call it what you want. You can call it darkness. You can call it Satan. You can call it demons. You can call it whatever the fuck it is. At the end of the day, it's Satan. Yeah, you know when when I was and that's back where condemnation comes from. When I was a kid, you know what they used to say in good old Sunday school. I rebuke you and stomp on the ground. You know, mm-hmm. stop, stomp that out, bro. Don't let it in, man. Mm-hmm. I rebuke. But you. back then, uh, but back then, I was like, I didn't know what that meant. Yeah, we live in fear a little bit, man. I mean, at the end of the day, what's you know what? I saw this the other day. What is the most? What 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 is the what is the most used phrase in the Bible? Don't fear anything. Be still and know that I am God. With a plan. Be still and know that I am God. Love and it. At the yeah, end of the man. day, man, I'm telling you, I'm not afraid of anything because I, you know, I'm afraid of my own choices. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of the moment where I choose not to listen to him. That's the moments that I'm afraid of. And those moments are brought to me 
<laughs> brought to you by Satan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sponsored by sponsored by demonic, Lucifer. <laughs> sponsored by Lucifer Internationals. Yeah. So, but that's the garbage that we're talking about, you know. And at the end of the day, you can lack, you can laugh, and you can mock me, and you can do whatever the fuck you. I don't care. I don't care. And I'm not the greatest Christian or believer on the planet, because none of us, none of us are. At the end of the day, I'm just a man trying to be what God asked me to be every day, and I struggle with that just like everybody else. So, I man, I think, I think I the whole, at the end of the day, we want to be the best versions of ourselves, right? Yes. You know, and. Um, you can't be the best version of yourself if you're just totally bogged down with problems and, and you're not fixing things in your life. It's really hard to be that best version of yourself because sometimes, you know, when you get sometimes talk when you're talking to someone and, and you know that they just are, they got so much in their head because it's like you're talking to them, but they're just staring past you and you're, you're having a conversation, but they're not really listening because they're so bogged down, man. They can't or, even, or, yeah, they can't or even give you your the, your attention because they yeah. got shit they're, they're, they haven't dealt with and it's too much yep. going on. So they're sitting there as you're talking to them and they're like, oh, you know, just looking at you and you're like, you know, you know what I'm saying? They're like, yeah, you know what I mean? You're like, yes. no, you don't. Yeah, absolutely. And and at the end of the day, the the crazy part about all of that is is that um, the, the some people are just waiting to respond to something that they can't understand. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Well, you know what, dude? Let's go ahead and listen to a little bit of some more songs, and then uh, yeah, we'll get ready to kind of start wrapping it up a little bit. But yeah, uh, I definitely want everybody to hear some more of your music. It's absolutely great. So let's go ahead and check this one out. Thanks, bro. And we're gonna be muted so you won't. They won't hear us while it's up here talking. Sweet. But here you go. Let's check it out. Why do we fool ourselves? Acoustics, bro. <laughs> I love that song. It, that tune is that's that's that tune is tuned in an open tuning, and it's and I can't even I don't even really know what it is. It's like it's open like C sharp, and like I just know how to tune it there. <laughs> and then I I was shown how to tune that tune that because it was like a John it was like a John Resnick Goo Goo Dolls kind of tuning. And then I was like, well, screw it. Then I'm going to write a song in it because that's what I do, you know? So I did. <laughs> and that song is about, like, I don't know if you've you've never, you probably never heard the whole song, but that's, that song is about, hey, do you not understand how awesome we are created to be? Like, stop trying to be the exact opposite of who we are. Like, it literally starts out, she walks into a bar tonight, just like the night before, sits down at her bar stool, and looks back at the door, turns back to the bartender and orders up her shot. She tells herself it'll ease her pain, but she knows it'll take a lot. Like that's the first, that's the first verse. Yeah. That's powerful though, man. You know, and that there's no reason that we should have to live our lives that way. No reason. Yeah. <laughs> the only reason we live our lives that way is because that other entity, whatever you want to call it, I'm going to call it Satan. You can be mad at me if you want. I don't care. 
Um, but Satan puts this whole world of doubt in front of us. And like right now, like I'm working on this, like I've got my freaking truck. I bought a freaking truck and it's, you know, it's dead in the water right now. Money's tight. The budget, the, the, the economy sucks, you know, inflation is real. Thank you for all the people out there creating all that garbage. I'm not going to say names because kiss our ass. We're not getting canceled before you get canceled. Um, and if you really want to cancel me, you're going to have to kill me because I promise you I'm not going away that easy. Um, but like all these doubts are flying around me. Like, and I know at the end of the day, it's just stuff. It's just stuff, man. I'm going to go to band practice. I'm going to ride my motorcycle to band practice today. And I'm going to play my bandmates' guitars. I'm not even going to play my kit. And it's going to be okay. You know why? Because God said it's going to be okay. Can I share a prayer with you real quick? I just want to yeah, share brother. this with you. Yeah, man. So this is, so, so today's verse for me is, Beloved, if God is so, if God so loves us, we also ought to love one another. And in the prayer that goes with that, and I, I'd like to pray it with all with everybody here. Jesus, thank you for loving me regardless of the mistakes that I've made. Because you love me, I want to love others, even when they hurt me. In moments where I find it hard to love someone, please encourage me and strengthen me. Fill me with compassion and teach me how to love them like you love them. Amen. Amen. That's that to me. That's what I try to do every day, man. And it's hard. Some people make it really hard, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, bro. Some people make it really hard. That, but you know? like you said, bro, that's, that's just the enemy enemy, yeah. you know, trying to, it, you gotta, you gotta realize something when things start going good for your, in your life, what starts happening? Bad shit starts popping up. Yep. That's all to deter you, man, from where you're trying to your mission and trying right. to get you off of that great path of feeling happy. Right. Or or just, you know, that's the enemy or, or whoever just trying to get you off that track to where you want right. to go. We're gonna do, like, oh, you're having a good day? Well, let's throw this in here. Yeah, here's a yeah. monkey wrench. How, and then how people get to the point to where they're like, Well, God, why did God take that time? Why did why did you know yeah. why did God take my child or well, God didn't start blaming a lot of things. Right? God didn't do that. That was life. That was life. But God took him home. Yeah, exactly. That was life. It had nothing to do with God. You can blame God all you want. You can be mad at God all you want. He's still going to wait for you to come back and love it. He's going to love you through all your hatred. I used to tell God to go fuck himself. I promise you. I've done it many a times. And he's like, oh, it's cool. I'll, I'll be here when you get back. Yep. Love us unconditionally, man. Legit. I'll be here That's... when you get back. Yep. So, I started to turn this into a sermon. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good, man. Let's uh, go ahead and listen to the, check out this one more clip. And then uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go ahead and uh, get this uh, wrapped up. Yeah. So let's check this out. Can't sleep at night. I have horrible dreams. No 
all these things inside Rip me apart at the seams And I can't help but think This will never end When will I feel my heart? And where does the peace begin? Cause I need to breathe Just for one day And I need to breathe to get away, I can't deal with this, cause it makes me miss my soul, it's a good tune, I know the guy that wrote my that, my gosh, I love that song, bro, Sheesh. I know the guy that wrote that, and I was actually, that song, and I, I actually wrote that with a friend of mine, Tiffany Conley, um, her husband was just deployed after I'd got back from Fallujah. We were sitting at a coffee shop in Chula Vista, California. And she goes, do you have your guitar? And I was, I was having a panic attack and I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. You know how you like, you take a deep breath, you get to your title yeah, volume and it's just like, catch it. Whoosh. So the title volume is where you're, where you, you're like, okay, cool. I can breathe and I can, and it just like a wave crashes. <sighs> it's like a wave crashing, right? But I could never get to that fucking ceiling. I could never. I, I was like, everything had slowed down. Mm. And I was like, when things slow down in a foreign country, shit gets really ugly really quick. And then I was like, she's like, I need you to take a deep breath. And I'm like, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> she goes, do you have your guitar in the Jeep? And I was like, yeah, I got my guitar in my Jeep because I always keep it in my Jeep. And so I grabbed my guitar and she goes, just play how you feel. So that rhythm started popping out. And I, and she, she started spitting some words. And then we, by the time her and I finished it, it took us probably five minutes to finish the song. And that song, we had that song wrapped up in five minutes. And Maybe 10, maybe 10. We'll be gracious and say 10. But that song was exactly how I was feeling in that moment. And I, I couldn't I couldn't catch my breath. I couldn't catch, I couldn't breathe. And that's why I Need to Breathe became the song. Wow. Well, man, you know, I'm, I'm blessed because uh, I get to play your music over on the Gun Room Radio. I'm uh, grateful. I'm blessed and- that you guys play it. Man, I, I'm glad that we get a chance to play it. And uh, as we're talking about Gun Room Radio, we're going to do a quick plug on the Gun Room Radio. Listen to the best music in Gun Room Radio. All of the artists that are performing are within the military family. Their songs are authentic and the music and the camaraderie is amazing. So I want you to come and listen. Have a great time. Check us out at gunroomradio.airtime.pro or on Facebook at Gun Room Radio. 
I need one of those gun room radio hats. Two drunks. Two, I I said this to him the other day. I said, well, or was it you? It might have been you. Uh, two drunk dudes in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, Mister uh, Donald Dunn, man. I I, I got to give uh, him a lot of props. Uh, yeah, he is an awesome guy. He has great vision for the gun room radio. Yeah, no, he uh, does, man. He, and he started this off on his own, man. And yeah. uh, he's, he's well, he's, building so he up called me. Team. He was like, he called me. He's like, hey, dude. He goes, uh, do you mind if I play your music uh, on on the radio show? And I was like, no. I said, I don't mind you playing it. I said, but if you don't license it, it'll probably get you canceled. Um, because it's gotten me canceled. My own music has gotten me canceled. So. <laughs> yeah, bro. So, so I told him, I was like, you, you need to talk to, you need to, you need to get licensed through ASCAP. You need to get licensed through BMI and CSAC, and then you should be covered. And I promise you within like freaking two weeks, that dude was done. And then the next thing I know, like you guys are building gun room radio. And I was like, all right, <laughs> like, cool. Yeah, man, it's really it started awesome. off in May. <clears throat> it only started off like May first is when you yeah. launched it, and uh, you know, God bless him, man. Didn't have any inclination or idea what it took to run a radio station, no. but he wanted to do it. His He's... whole thing is he just wanted to get his the veterans' yeah. music out there because, you know, let's face it, the algorithms, the it costs a lot of money to get yep. your, your your voice out there. A lot of these people, the reason why you see them out there is because money it's not just necessarily their music that's getting them there oh yeah it's a little bit of that dollar so uh you know that's why the gun room radio and man it's a it's a ever evolving type of thing right now we are yeah. growing faster than i think we thought it was going to grow i think Donald, we should do i think we should do an artist take takeover episode here and there oh hell yeah bro we definitely and uh, that'd be kind of cool it would definitely be good. And I would love to see a collaboration amongst all our veterans. Honestly, dude, Shannon, this is kind of my vision. I would love for the veteran musicians like that we have on Gunroom Radio to be the halftime show at the Super Bowl one. Hell yeah, bro. And, 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 you know, have someone open up, but then we have all our veteran musicians come out here and sing a badass song in front of America. Here are yeah. the people who served and protect your freedoms. Ba -da -ba, fr now singing oh, yeah. in front of you. You know oh, how yeah. fucking badass would that be? That would be that would be sick as shit. I ain't gonna lie. I'm right? not gonna lie. I would be so, all about that. And that's something I vision happening one day and pushing really hard for. And you know, with Hero Stock going on, and what he's in, what uh, Jason Steiner's got going on for Hero Stock. Um, yeah. You know. There's just so many different opportunities for the, our musicians to take I'll be honest to another level. Already, Jason's already told me he's like, I'm not playing anywhere next year except for Hero Stock. It's exactly right. He goes, he goes, 2024. He goes, you belong to me. And yeah, I'm man. Like, yeah. I'm like, so, okay, you bro. Know, I'm, <laughs> I'm supposed to give you a little bit of some crap. Uh, oh, as as know. we talk about Hero Stock 2023. <laughs> oh, because it I sounds can't like you're going to there? support the army. It sounds like you're going to support the army on that day and uh, saying, fuck the Marines. <laughs> no, fool. It is not the case. No, I know, dude. I'm just going to kick you in your nuts, though. You know what I mean? I love Sean Laurie, and I love that group. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I get it, man. Yeah, yeah. And it's in your hometown. I mean, well, not hometown, yeah. but it's in Texas. So 
mm-hmm. but I have to, you know, I had to give you a little razz in there. Well, I, and to be honest with you, it's not. I'm, I was gonna go see Sean Lowry, but I've got I've got an irreverence warrior and reverent warrior hike that I'm doing here in Georgetown. So oh sheesh. So I'm man, not there's even, a lot of stuff going on on September 9th. I noticed yeah. uh, for veterans in general, man. Yeah. So I'm not even. It's not even. It's not even Sean Lowry. So I'm not supporting oh. the army. I'm literally oh. like I had a marine ask me, and that's why. So go fuck okay. yourself. Okay. <laughs> All right. Son of a bitch. There he goes. It's a marine. Okay. All right. I had a marine well, now, ask me. He's like, now hey, I guess doc, I'd, he's like, hey, back doc, up, man. Can you? Can, hey, doc. Can you come do one of our our hikes in Georgetown? Can you play the national anthem? I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> you're damn right i can so I and i love you. sean lowry i really do like you know that uh i have his book right here uh veteran mindset 2.0 yeah um yeah. you know great dude great concept Absolutely. you know um so yeah i i love sean and that whole that whole box of crayons that he's playing with but um yeah like adam marine was like hey doc can you come and i was like oh, yeah i can <laughs> Well, that's cool, man. Hey, uh, so, hey, bro, is there any last thing that you want to say, any, like, any message out there that you want to leave with our, uh, the listeners before we uh, get off here? Because, I mean, otherwise, we'll keep going for hours. Oh, yeah, dude. I band I, practice, I, yeah. and I got another interview in, like, 45 minutes, so. Yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> you got to get you got to get the F off here so you can have lunch or something. Um, You know, I – we still have people struggling. And I'm not just talking about veterans. Like, like suicide is real for everybody nowadays. Yep. And, Sorry. and I'm going to tell you at the end of the day, first of all, if you're a veteran, understand that you trying to get the civilian community to understand you is like trying to get water and oil to mix. At the end of the day, my job as the person who was taught to adapt, improvise, and overcome, it's my job to adapt. It's not theirs. They'll never be able to get where we've been, ever. That being said, if you're struggling, don't be afraid to reach out. There's no reason. There's no reason for anybody. And I don't care if you're active duty or you're not. You're a veteran and you've, you know, you've been alone for a long time. If you're struggling before that moment, I'm asking you, like, call that number right there on the bottom of the screen and, and, and talk. The people at this number saved my life once. I promise you. I'll never be able to tell you what her name was, but I'll never forget her voice. Just, she was the most sincere person I think I have ever heard, I've ever heard talk to me on the phone. So if you're struggling, get help. There are people, I promise you, there are people that care. There's always somebody out there that cares enough about you to take, to take care of you or help you. But you've got to do the work. You've got to do the work. Don't take the, don't take the help and just sit back and go, well, this will work for a little while. You got to apply what you're learning every day, every day. You know, uh, mental health doesn't stop. Nope. It's, it's every day and you got to keep it clean, man. That's right. That's right. Brian, thanks so much for having me on here, brother. 
Oh, man, it was a pleasure, brother. And uh, I'm sure we'll do this again. Don't threaten me. It was a good time. A lot more more to uh, cover. And you're always welcome to come over to our Wacky Wednesdays and hang out. Uh, I might do that, man, because that was a blast. (laughs) We had a blast, man. I love it. Hell, yeah, we did. But, uh, man, I appreciate you and everything you're doing for uh, the veteran community. And uh, you're an amazing person, bro. And uh, Semper Fi to you, bro. Semper Fi, brother. All right, man. Just uh, hold tight, and I'll be back there. You can go ahead and eat all the goodies and stuff back there. So. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> all right, man. All right, friends and fam. Well, that wraps up another great episode. Please go out there. Check Shannon Book out. Go check out all this, you know, all this music stuff that he's got going on. Um, you can go check out his website. I just pulled that up right here. Boom. Go check out Shannon Book music.com go check out his spotify his youtube go show this man some love he's got some great music and uh served our country proud so once again i hope you guys are all having an amazing day don't let the day kick your ass make sure you're out there kicking its ass until next time Urgh.